Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Fun with Dumb. This one we just made happen last minute because uh, a friend was visiting town and happened to have put out a book. And uh, his name is David Yee, a.k.a. Socialite on Instagram. Um, he is the founder of Very Good Light. Mm. And uh, he just wrote a book called Pretty Boys that teaches us self-care, wellness, feeling uh, beautiful, transcends time, boundaries, and binaries. And I'm not reading that off of anything. Yeah. <laughs> Top of my wow. head. Top of your head. And I want to get into this book because there's so many interesting topics here. And it looks beautiful, by the way. The cover looks amazing. Mm -hmm. um, ladies and gentlemen, David Yee. Woo! Yay! Hi, everyone. Thanks for having me. Yes. What a reunion. Yeah. What a reunion. <laughs> so, for real. so here's the thing. A lot of people, um, influencers online, may not ever think that uh, how, how does this universe connect? Right. And we've actually known each other for quite a long time yeah. now. We've known each other for like, was it 10 years now? Maybe 10 years. So crazy how the Korean community, it's like we're separated by 0.5 degrees of separation. So if you <laughs> F up, yeah, yeah, yeah. we'll get you. Right, right. And, and one, another thing is people have called us doppelgangers at times. Yeah, I kind of see it. Wow. This is a thing. Sure. And you know, my hair, you know, is kind of curly. Trying so to compliment yourself right now. <laughs> what are you trying to do right now? And now but... I'm more embracing it because he put out a book called Pretty Boys. <laughs> right, right, so I'm right, like, right. yeah, you totally Yo, see it. As I'm looking at this, I see so many similarities right now. Right now it's kind of crazy we've gone through phases because the facial hairs we balance yes. each other's facial years right. like we've gotten more close and close with facial my hair has gone curlier and curlier I, with the pama yo i love it like we're like right there Wait, yeah, i know I he definitely looks yeah, I like the younger you brother um yes. and yes and then also you're getting more tan and you have a tan so it's yeah like, i'm like really crazy it, it is pretty hilarious <laughs> yeah I, now i see it more that we're in the same <laughs> yeah, room together it. no it's insane. crazy because people like i don't have that many followers but people would be like are you related to jonathan <laughs> park or like dumbfounded and i'm like what I don't, I don't i don't see it but then i was like oh i kind of do because we have the facial hair i'm and not then, in the front yeah. i see it okay because okay, so, okay. here's the thing a lot with doppelgangers Wait, have... people don't I personally don't like when people say that, like, yeah. oh, you look like this person right. or that person. Because like, it's usually racist. Not me. <laughs> True. Hold on, D David, I have a, a very important question to ask you. Yeah. Do people ask you if you look like Brad Pitt or Leonardo DiCaprio <laughs> or say, Johnny Depp? No, it's Timothy Chalamet. Oh, I love that. <laughs> I told you. Yeah. She's this mad because cool. I've, okay, I've heard someone say mad. Leonardo DiCaprio before. So that's no, why I said, I was flexing it. I was, <laughs> so you never said Brad Pitt. I've Wait, someone said, said you look like Leonardo DiCaprio? Okay. That's David. That sounds like I'm feeling <laughs> myself. On. I've never said Brad Pitt. I don't relax. lie. That's one thing. Well, anyways, <laughs> anyways, I don't like when people compare me to other people. I don't think anybody does. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Uh, unless it's like somebody you really, really, not that I don't admire you, but I just wanted to be my own person person you know so we've heard it plenty of times and I at this see point I, I see i think I we see, see it, it. i think we all see it screenshot sure. it screenshot this hold on hold on could you, could you put on this trucker hat real quick <laughs> okay, i'll go try that oh my god i am curious about this 
Let's see. Wow. Uh, what do you think? Well, Yo, dumb. Nah, What's I up, think he man? looks less like me when he puts on the trucker hat, actually. <laughs> uh, that smile is very similar, though. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> true. We got the same yeah, yeah, yeah. grin, like, don't like we? Like a nose yeah, ring. I need a nose ring. The hair is so good. That's your natural Thank you. Hair. I just so got a pama. It actually oh. took four hours to get this. Four hours. So four hours. Yeah. That is a long time. It's a long time. Um, oh. Okay, so David, uh, welcome to the show. And I want to say this is a reunion. I want to just, I have so, we have so much to catch up on because since we've known each other, you started a company. Mm -hmm. uh, talk about Very Good Light. What does that mean? Yeah, Very Good Light is a Gen Z beauty publication geared towards guys and, and redefining masculinity. And I started after I left the fashion industry, you know, as a fashion editor for 10 years in mm -hmm. New York. And um, I wanted to understand and delve why we've been conditioned as people to deem someone masculine or feminine and understand the gender binaries. And I wanted to use beauty as that vehicle for change and also mm -hmm. the conduit for change. And I mean, growing up in Colorado Springs, Colorado, I'm from Colorado, right. I was the only Korean American kid in school. And I've always felt invisible. I've always mm. felt less than or not beautiful. And I wanted to change the narrative around what a Korean American could be. Mm -hmm. And I think that when you grow up in a small town um, and predominantly white, you either deviate towards two paths as a Korean American or Asian American. Right. One is to want to assimilate. You want to be white. You are ashamed of your Asian culture. Mm. You don't want to eat your food. You don't want to speak your language or you're super militant and you're like, <laughs> yeah, I'm that's Korean. So true. That's so true. And that was me. I like had no friends. I only yeah. spoke Korean. I only listened to K-pop oh. and K-dramas and I'm, I'm fluent in Korean. Yeah. And I wanted to kind of express kind of this new ideal of what beauty could be, especially in America where men have been emasculated, Asian men have been emasculated mm. for centuries since Yellow Peril. And so doing this work and being an advocate in all spaces, I really wanted to redefine what an Asian American could be mm. and, and through beauty. And so we launched in 2016 after, you know, um, doing this and being being in journalism for so long. And then five years later, you know, we started a, a beauty brand called Good Light and it's a gender inclusive beauty brand. We believe that, that. I love that. Thank you. Beauty has no gender identity. It's inclusive and democratic for all. But this masculinity conversation, I mean, I think that we need to understand why we've been conditioned under this system to have to be a certain way. Well, let me people. ask you this. Mm -hmm. When did you feel empowered, you know, about mm -hmm. your masculinity, the femininity side too, you know, right. just up for all of us? Like, I think we have that moment where we let our insecurities go. Yeah. And sometimes you just wave your flag, you yeah. know what I'm saying? And that's like, there's been that moment for me too, mm -hmm. because I'm coming from the rap game, you know, and right. you too. Yeah. yeah, you got the ox horns, <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah. hyper machismo called stampede for sure. You know, uh, for sure. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So when did that moment come for you? Well, I think that moment came for me, like at a young age when I was five, watching my dad slather his face with SPF 50 or essences <laughs> or toners or creams. And I was like, oh, why is my dad so into skincare? Mm. But I realized that in this cruel world for immigrants under the system, white supremacy uh, and where they were rejected and xenophobic, my dad was doing that for self-preservation reasons, mm -hmm. right? Wow. That five minutes in the morning was that self-actualization practice where he hugged his skin or looked in his skin and, and really had that moment to himself. And the five minutes before he went to bed, it was meditative. And I think that it was something that allowed him to survive the day. That small act of just looking in the mirror and confronting who yeah. you are 
I think that was so transformative. I didn't realize that until I became an adult. Mm. And skincare to me was more of uh, more than a vanity process. It was right. something that you did to survive the cruel realities of the world. And so I think that going back to your question, it was probably in my mid-20s in New York City where I was able to mm. embrace my divine masculinity, divine femininity, that yin and yang energy, because right. we all have that. Mm. And I think that we shouldn't be ashamed of that. But what's interesting is since I'm a fashion editor, I was a fashion editor, I remember, because my beat was streetwear, and I recall Kanye West in 2012. He did something so transformative that allowed men to feel more secure. Mm. He wore a leather kilt on stage. Right. right. And mm. that was such a pivotal moment in fashion. And he wore a Givenchy at the time. Because before then, rappers or men in general, American men, were kind of afraid to express themselves with fashion. It was like, oh, you're wearing a Chanel bag? Like, is he, right. is he gay? Is he right, feminine? Right, right. Yeah. But after Kanye West did that, it allowed other men to start wearing fashion. But the, I, That's but a the, good point. But the thing is, like, hip-hop in its origin, like, we're talking the 80s, right. it was out there. Oh, you yeah. Know, people had crazy leather vests with fur across the <laughs> back, right. tight pants. So people would, like, forget that transformation yeah. that hip-hop has had, too. Yeah. You know, it, it was very expressive very during true. the 80s. But I want to go back to that one element that you mentioned. I thought, I thought that was really dope um, about your dad just looking in the mirror and like having like a sigh, like ready for the world, you know? Yeah. Like, I feel like we all do that. And like, that's something that I find interesting. Just taking a look at your face, mm. at yourself, right? Well, you know, being like, like, I'm ready for today. Yeah. I look right. okay for today. Yeah. Yes. You know did, what I mean? Did you guys have that experience? Cause I, I, I didn't have a male figure growing up, so I don't know. Do you guys see your fathers like get ready in the morning and put sunscreen and things like that is that a typical issue not like, really but i i remember when my uh mom and my you know my parents did the hair dyeing together you know because my dad had like white hairs and you know he's in front of the church a lot so definitely aesthetics like taking care of mm. how he looked like presentable being presentable yeah being presentable you know like and i remember that was like a it was a very cute thing to see, to see my mom, like, you know, in the bathroom floor with my dad sitting down and just kind of <laughs> yeah. like fixing in to just talking about life, you know, talking about the Bible. Like, I, it's not, not really the lotions, but definitely, you know, taking care of how they look. Every like. person prepares for the world. It's like my dad worked in downtown moving mm. boxes and shit like that, but he right. still gelled up his hair. <laughs> yeah. and I was like, why the fuck you got to gel up it? But he still did. Like, right, he, right. he like combed his hair, looked good, yeah. ready to go, you know? So there's like an element of like, like, yeah, you prepare yourself for the world. For and sure. it kind of gives you more confidence to get through the damn day, right? I mean, you know, like, think about it. When we go to the studio after a haircut, we, we perform better. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> that is true. Seriously, if you if you look good, you feel good, then you perform better. It's also so, self-respect. And I think it comes down to Confucianism too, right? So Confucianism says that if you respect yourself, you're going to present yourself to the world in the best way too. Mm. So I think that it comes back to being Korean. Mm -hmm. Like, we are all about self-respect and respecting others. But in my research going yeah. to Pretty Boys, it's so interesting mm -hmm. because Korean history is based off of like pretty men. So Hwarang, mm. these are assassins from the 600s, the Silla dynasty. These were the most fierce men in the kingdom. And they happen to wear makeup as a spiritual practice. Oh, wow. really? And I think it's embedded in Korean people that we are just inherently want to beautify. So some history, there were three different kingdoms, right? The Baekje, the Shillam. Uh, the Koguryeom. And then the Shilai dynasty was ruled by a king named King Jinheng. 
and he wanted to preserve his country. He was a big Buddhist and the mightiest Buddhist god was named Maitreya. Maitreya was said in the text to be a beautiful man. Mm. And so King Jinheng believed that when Maitreya died, his beauty went into the soil of Shilla wow. and beautiful men, they inhabited the big Buddha energy. And so what happened is he was like, okay, the fiercest warriors are pretty because they resemble Maitreya. So it was kind of like a K-pop competition where for three months, <laughs> he went around Shinla and he was auditioning It was like YGSM and then Three Kingdoms. Then, you know, these pretty beautiful young people, they were trained in swordsmanship and to be assassins, to be wow. the fiercest warriors, but they beautified, they wore makeup as a spiritual practice. What kind of makeup did they wear? Well, we, there's what was not- the beauty standard at that Right, time? so there isn't any specific text mm -hmm. with the beauty, but they were very much um, kind of uh, a part of the Tang Dynasty from China. They're con considered an envoy uh, of China. And Chinese people during the day, they kind of had this eye-lip cheek moment with like safflower oil yes, and- safflower. Uh, Yeah, right, and like lead for powdered faces. Mm -hmm. But they're also said to be so fierce on the battlefield wearing this like red makeup that it was mm. kind of demonic and right. people were really kind of fearful of that. So it actually That's enhanced sick. them. And I was like, wow, like pretty was very powerful even back then. For sure. And it was so transformative. Yeah. I find that so interesting how it did something like the history of, you know, skincare, beauty products in Korea thriving right now dates back that far yeah, yeah. to warfare like, that's too. my first time hearing about that that's crazy well they had that korean drama called hwarang right with um all i with, didn't see it yeah with like bts's v and then okay. shiny's minho like all these k-pop stars yeah but they were the hwarang and they were the pretty boys um and so they kind of tried to bring that to life but it was fictional but the hwarang existed hwarang stands for flower boys which mm. translates to pretty boys and so we all kind of have that in us as korean people it's interesting well in asia pretty boars i don't know if it i don't know if that's like as is that normalized here i feel like as much as it is in asia like i mean it's like i feel like in asia it's very or especially in korea it's mm -hmm. like men being you know wearing makeup taking care of themselves looking more feminine almost too is like normal almost right, right? right. and I don't, I don't know if i see that as much i see it going there here but there's still that stigma. In the last 10 years, I think definitely um, self-care for men here yeah. has, has exploded. Exponentially. Well, I brought up the Kanye West effect because in fashion that allowed men because America or the world is still based on the male gaze, mm -hmm. right? Men need permission from other men to do certain things. It's not yeah. the female gaze that we kind of are succumbed to. So mm. if Kanye West is saying, it's okay to wear Givenchy, that trickles down, right? So the hip hop stars right. and then the NBA players, NFL players from their their uh, bus and their runway show to the locker rooms, right? Mm. Remember that? And it became accepted for men to embrace fashion. And that's happening with beauty. So mm. in 2019, when Frank Ocean told GQ that he wears retinol, he uses retinol, mm. it was a trending term. Wow. And people were like, what's wow. retinol? And Frank Ocean, in a lot of ways, allowed other people to get into skincare. And now I feel like in 2021, it's like, oh yeah, like I... I subscribe to skin here. Of course, I wear SPF. And also, like guys like Harry Styles or Bad Bunny, you know, they're allowing men to be more expressive. 
And I think BTS, right? The hottest boy band mm. in the world happens to have beautiful complexions and colorful faces and hair. Right. And they're kind of redefining what man and masculinity mm. can look like. Mm -hmm. And I think that's so powerful. No, yeah. I feel you. But I mean, you, you still see online comments when somebody yeah. posts like nail polish and right. stuff. You just look in the Instagram comments and you see how not ready America is right, still. Right. And where do you think that feeling comes from? I think it feel, comes from misguided masculinity. Uh, people in our culture have been taught to preserve themselves in a certain way. And, and I think there's that fear to, to be yourself or express yourself in a certain way because there's that repercussion. We live in a misogynistic mm -hmm. culture, right? Mm -hmm. We live under the patriarchy and we are all supposed to act a certain way. And so when you're saying, oh, why is that guy feminine? The root cause of why we despise that is because we hate women. We're like, that person is weaker because they mm. express themselves in a certain way. Mm. But why is it that when a girl can change a tire or when she does taekwondo mm. or when she is a tomboy, it's like, oh, she's cool. She's like, yeah, mm -hmm. she's, she's awesome. Wow. It's, it mm. comes down to misogyny. Our culture is patriarchal and it was designed that way so that some people can have power and other people wouldn't have that agency. Mm. You know, I like the wow. when you said you're redefining masculinity because I feel like when you get emasculated in this country, we counter with extra masculinity or right. compensating with this machismo right. like extraness. For sure. You know what I mean? But exactly. I like this idea of redefining it. Mm -hmm. So, you, you know, you feel like, no, you're not being any less yeah. masculine. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or whatever. I don't know. I just, if I, anything, it's... There's also that uh, the thought of you're being more masculine, being comfortable with who you are. Exactly. You know what I mean? That's the irony in the whole thing. Yeah, that's the irony of you the know, whole thing. You know, when you see all the comments and all that. For sure. It's like that dude is the most masculine <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. He's the most like comfortable with his skin. You know yeah. what I mean? It's wow. so interesting because I was interviewed for the Washington Post last week and they're doing a story. I don't know if it's come out, but the reporter was doing a story specifically on Asian American men, mm. you know, after Stop Asian Hate, like post this world what masculinity looks like and he still told me a lot of asian american men are hitting the gym more they're flexing their muscles more and they're trying to be hyper masculine mm, to kind of yeah. counteract yep. this emasculation mm, but my response to that article was why are we trying to fit into the white standards of what we're yeah. supposed to be yeah we need to reimagine a new future of asian american what the possibilities can be because newsflash we're never going to be accepted as white yeah why are we playing in the system in this game that we're not going to win in let me ask you, do wow. you still feel like Asians are emasculated in this country? I do. Asian men. I My eyes were open because I was doing an Instagram live with a co-founder of a big beauty brand. And this is like a woke white woman in her 40s. If she's listening to this, she knows who, who this is. Um, <laughs> but she, she, she's our yeah, biggest viewer. No. Yeah. She's um, she we, we had a conversation the day before the live and she was like, Okay, I want to talk about something that I talked to with my Asian coworker, and I thought that BTS everyone was gay, and wow. because they're so a woke pretty, white woman, you yeah. Said. And I was like, it's okay. They, yeah, sure, maybe they are. But for you to see an Asian, an East Asian man, and conclude their sexuality by how they present themselves right. is racist. Right, right. And she was like, "Whoa, I'm so sorry." I was like, "If a white person." wears makeup it's considered asian or it's it's edgy right, right. Mm. an asian person wearing makeup is considered emasculated and also gay and why right. is it that harry styles when he is shot in mascara is considered cool but bts 
is considered gay or even or in history we, Mick Jagger you right. know just a lot of Steve Tyler you yeah. know right. Steve Tyler exactly and I think that it was it was so problematic and something that we needed to address and she was like are we going to address this tomorrow I was like absolutely we're going to talk yeah. about this and I think by and large where does that emasculation come from it comes from yellow peril in the late 1800s so before that Asian men were just allowed to exist but white men were so afraid their white women were being taken away by Chinese immigrants Wow. So what happened was this deliberate action called Yellow Peril in the late 1800s, propaganda to instill fear to preserve their whiteness. And so Asian men were deliberately told that they're villains now, the Fu Manchu you know, stereotype. Mm -hmm. They're exactly. emasculated. And that was so nefarious and so effective that in 2021 today, by and large, Americans still view Asian men in a certain way. True. Yeah. And that yeah. is deliberate. And that comes from 1800s white supremacy. Mm -hmm. We need to know our history and why people feel this way. But I do think in 2021, because of the rise of K-pop, I think that there's a new possibility, yeah. right? Mm. And it's interesting because K-pop stars, they wear makeup. And if we go back to K-pop history, it's not the male gaze in South Korea. Mm. It was a female gaze. Mm. You know, Lee Soo-man created uh, K-pop, mm. I would say arguably with H.O.T. Yeah. But he, if you look in the history, Lee Soo-man was so smart and genius because he for two years he surveyed young women he surveyed high school girls and and college girls and he was like what do you want in a k-pop star mm. and they wanted a softer version of masculinity mm. and that's how this entire system was created wow. through hot they were a softer version of masculinity that's pretty much that's what gen z women want in men honestly right <laughs> isn't it's not it just right. gen z though it's yeah i mean yeah because like every... you're not gen z but <laughs> no no but i mean Always. but in general i i agree with you 100 percent, and i think that that point about hyper masculinity it's, it's just running rampant right you know it's in, in a lot of asian males yeah you see a lot of asian bros yeah. now you know like bro. Bro, at clubs yeah. you know the extra bro -y, yeah, like yeah. same haircut you know yeah same my haircut <laughs> i was like wait a minute isn't wait, that the haircut <laughs> like i'm pretty sure that's the do do you feel uh, like because of that like things are moving backwards in a way for Asian American men? Not backwards, because, like, you know, I think we look at it like we I want to help them really right, too. It's right. not just like, oh, fuck you. You know what I'm saying? But I just want people to not feel, have to feel that way and right. feel comfortable right. in their own skin. You and know? I don't want to say, oh, it's so bad that you work out and that you want big yeah. muscles. No, but there's the intention of why you're doing that. Is mm -hmm. that to overcompensate? Is it because mm -hmm. of white supremacy? Is it because of patriarchy? Is it because you were unfairly put in a system that wasn't designed for you to belong? And so I think that we need to kind of do our due diligence and have that self-actualization moment of why why is it that I want to be this way? And why is it that I want to be hyper-masculine? And I, I think that that's a question that a lot of people are now kind of asking themselves and their friends and, and why they act or do certain things. Right. Yeah. I mean, I find that a lot. I find in Korean men, I mean, obviously being very like, this might be very problematic, but I, I, I see a lot of Asian or I mean, Korean men being very, having a lot of toxic masculinity mm. and, uh, you know, like Korea is still very patriarchal, right. just generally. And so I see that when I see Asian American men, it's still like very much ingrained in them. And they grew up with obviously parents mm -hmm. from Asia that have like these crazy, um, you know, toxic masculinity like traits. And yeah. so I'm like, how I don't see that much discussed in the Korean American community. Mm -hmm. 
and um right and i i don't know how to have these discussions because i'm not smart enough to have these discussions like i'm i'm like always learning about this but it's like how have you figured this out like how have you who do you talk to about these i think that's everyone but the thing is I believe that I've changed as a human since like 2016 when I started Very Good mm-hmm. Light. Back then I was like fierce and I was like, what? You don't know this? Like do your education. Mm-hmm. Right. And that call out culture, that's so 2010. Mm-hmm. It's like we're leaving call out culture <laughs> yeah. in last decade. Mm-hmm. I think it's about meeting people where they're at. Right. Mm -hmm. You can't be an elitist and say, oh, you don't know. Like, are you dumb? Mm -hmm. Um, You have to meet people where they are and have these conversations so that they can be open. Because if you cancel someone because you think they're dumb or stupid, what's going to happen? They're going to feel that fear of repercussion. They're Mm going to feel fear of shame or embarrassment. And maybe they won't want to open up again. Right. Maybe that's your opportunity to have this conversation that's open. Wow. And I want to call people in the conversation. Mm -hmm. And I learned things too. You know, I don't know everything, but I feel like that compassion and that kindness is something that I've learned in my own advocacy that not everyone's going to be where you are. Right. And I think that we just have to call people in and say, hey, you know, why do you think that way? Or have you ever thought this? Mm -hmm. Yeah. What do you think is one area that men the top thing that men lack in self-care like the top thing whether it's beauty or korean men men in general or you see i didn't even you see that's interesting because you really broke it down in that way i didn't really think about this korean man just general thing but okay let's do both like yeah let's do two parts korean men how about that i think korean men um what they're lacking self-care is probably the emotional and kind of the (laughs) mental aspect of just being sound mentally right it's so stigmatized Mm. in our communities to Mm. get mental health care or talk about mental health i think in general men need to wear spf (laughs) (laughs) sunscreen we do spf 50 The crow's feet is real, unlike white folks <laughs> right. who age, they prune, right. they raisin at 18. Mm. Um, I think sun care is like really super important. I, I really, I'm, I'm not on top of that. I really I do need to wear more. On every dude. Yeah, I know, I know. You're heavy on that. You don't I, like it's to like stay the one in the thing sun. is sunscreen. Which it's is like, why you have such great skin. Thank you so much. But yeah, it was like She's the one 55 thing. years old. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my oh my God, you're a vampire. No. Yeah, I hear that. Like, you know, using the lotion or face, you know, just taking care of yourself is so preventive. Like, if you start early, like, it'll just go a long way. Everyone's always like, Rick, you need to start now, bro. You're already late. You know? Mm. Is it something yeah. like it just that just comes out of nowhere, though? Because I feel like we haven't been wearing sunscreen and it's not like ruined us yet but like is it gonna hit us like crazy at a certain age yeah i think that what they say is the sun damage happens like 10 years later so you just have to prevent it and we all have damage in our skin and so it's never too late to kind of start no one gets ready for shit 10 years before what's a good what's a good spf level 50. 50? Everything, anything after 50 is kind of ineffective. 50 is kind really? of a 99% protection. Yeah. I go 100, baby. Like, I do that Neutrogena. <laughs> oh, the Neutrogena? Yeah. Wow. I just, I just go hardcore just in case. Like, okay. I don't know. But you know what's fun? Like, because I noticed that you you guys use, like, you know, certain skincare, right? Like, serums. I do. Like I have a five-step routine before Ooh. I Retinol. knock out. I got it. I slap, okay, let's I break slap it, down. it in. Wait, break it I wash away. upwards. You know, <laughs> I get my... <laughs> I do want to hear about it because people actually ask you about your skincare a lot. I wow. noticed that. But I have what I want to say is, isn't this true that if you use these types of products like vitamin C and retinol and all these, that it can the sun can fuck up your face 
even more if you're not wearing sunscreen like it can right vitamin c sensitizes your skin to the sun so in the morning if you're using a vitamin c you always have to use an spf because it can do even more damage right or it'll do more damage have you been doing it 10 years from now that vitamin c is gonna gonna be be five years my mom always always told me this shit i was like mom no and she was right she's always right um i want to talk about your book pretty boys um first of all i really do love the cover i think you killed that like it just looks great and I want to um, and there's a lot of certain there's certain male figures on the cover mm-hmm. and I want to talk about who are those people and why you put them on the cover well first of all thank you so much um, I've been working on this book uh, throughout the pandemic and it was the craziest year last year launching a beauty brand getting funding for that launching a book like writing a book being a part of the Biden campaign I also launched a fictitious brand called Biden beauty it was <laughs> No one knew who was behind it. It was just this uh, beauty sponge, and it was Democratic blue. But we raised uh, money for the DNC. It became wow. kind of like this. I would have been so thing. confused. Like, what is Biden beauty? Right. <laughs> I'm just confused. I love the concept. Yeah, TMZ eventually like outed us, which is fine. Um, but I think that the cover was really important for me because they're all men of color. And I wanted to kind of redefine what beauty and the traditional beauty can be because what is that boy next door that everyone else talks about? It's the white boy with like brown hair or blue eyes. And I'm like, uh, we need to redefine what beauty can be or the boy next door can be or pretty boy can be. Right. So I made it made sure that on the cover they're all men of color. But they uh, range from people uh, like Billy Porter or folks like the Huarang or BTS, uh, RM, um, to guys like uh, Modern Day Stars, Bad Bunny, and right. Bretman Rock. I just wanted it to be a diverse array of people on the cover. I love you. I, I love that you're re- redefined. I love you too. <laughs> I, love you. I love it. I don't know. That already got it seeping into my yeah, mind. I love all y'all. I love, you. I love that you're redefining uh, like idea of what you know sexy and beautiful and pretty is mm-hmm. because that gives us a chance to make the world sexiest man alive cover right yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah before yeah. we were just that. before we never thought we yeah, could yeah. you like know pass. now it's like oh it's redefined, <laughs> it's redefined. <laughs> yeah well you guys haven't redefined your publishing <laughs> exactly uh yeah no that's fantastic and uh what kind of stuff can we find in these books because i this i see there's tutorials beauty secrets right well it's a history book and i think that yesterday my friend was she bought my book and she was like i literally just thought it was like an illustrative book but it's a comprehensive history book there's so much writing it's like 232 52 pages of of text mm. and we go back 50,000 years ago to our Neanderthal forefathers and cousins who daubed their faces with foundation and used blush. Also ground pyrite to highlight their faces. And it's so interesting because we forget as humans, we're part of the animal kingdom. And if you look in the animal kingdom, male species beautify Mm -hmm. peacocks to frogs to ducks. They're all trying to flaunt their beauty because they know that it's powerful. And I think that innately the Neanderthals, what they prove is that innately humans too, we want to be seen. We want to be recognized Mm. and we want to also feel important and beautiful. I mean, they weren't doing this as a war paint thing. They were doing it as an expressive. Wasn't it for for mating calls most of the time? For Neanderthals? 
Not Neanderthal, but like the animals right. we're speaking about. Right, right. Yeah. And so they're flaunting their beauty because they want to flaunt their power, right? It's so pathetic that animals were doing it before us. <laughs> <laughs> the humans are like, oh, I want to look pretty too. Look at the peacock. Well, we uh, go 50,000 years ago, and then every era around the globe from like the macaroni of the 1700s, their beauty boys in, the, in Britain, mm. they're kind of like the influencers of their day. Mm. They went to study abroad when they're like 19. They came home, wore skinnier pants, um, and wore wigs because they were inspired by right. King Louis the the Fourteenth, yeah. and they're these lampoons, these cartoons. And I was laughing because I'm like, that's exactly how my dad treated me after college when I was wearing skinny jeans. This dad is just like poking a stick at his son's like hat uh -huh, on top uh -huh. of his wig, and he's like, "What happened to my son? Where right, did my son right. go?" And that's I was like, "This cool. is so funny." But they were beauty boys who wore makeup and they mm. painted their faces. I've seen those period pieces. Is that what yeah. you're talking about? Like yeah. it's all like yeah, yeah, the powdered and it's, like, wigs, powdered all that. face, yeah. yeah. Well, interesting because you know the song Yankee Doodle Yankee yeah. Doodle went to town so that was um, the Brits making fun of the Americans saying oh you think that you put a feather in your cap because you're so chun that you think that's like fashion you call it and you call it macaroni remember yeah. that part um, so they were fashion policing that was, yeah. up, like, that was, yeah the macaroni part is the macaroni men wow. who are creating those trends and they were so famous that for an entire century there were magazines dedicated to them there were pictures and and people revered them just like the influencers today. It's interesting that history always repeats itself. That's but crazy. we're also going to, you know, cultures in, um, you know, Asia. Um, we're going back to folks um, who uh, like assassins like Babylon in 3200 BCE, where these Babylonian warriors before battle, before their last day on Earth, potentially, they went to a salon. Mm -hmm. They did their nails, they lacquered their hair, they got pedicures. And it's because they they really did revere their themselves and respect themselves so much. They wanted to look their best right. for their last day, potentially. Mm. That's Vikings. Crazy. So the Vikings were such beauty boys. I mean, these were the most gruff warriors. I mean, really history shows they're over six feet. They're very brawny. But they're obsessed with beauty. They had beauty kits next to their sword and shields. And the beauty kits had separate beard brushes and separate hair brushes, tweezers, ear picks. And they had an entire day called uh, Lordag, which uh, means bathing day for Saturdays. They would just bathe themselves. And this was kind of sacrilegious during the time because Anglo-Saxons did not bathe. Anglo-Saxons were smelly people mm. because they thought that it was sacrilegious to get naked. Yeah. So even like the queens, like Queen Isabel of Castile, she bathed twice in her life. Once after she was born and once before she was married. And so these wow. Viking men, they <laughs> were like, they, they got naked weekly and their entire day was about bathing. Um, but essentially the book really goes from, you know, history. We have an interviews with celebrity makeup and hairstylists and also, you okay. know, essays from Pretty Boys Next Door, um, which I wanted to redefine, like Latinx uh, guys or gender nonconforming people or Nigerian um, folks. And, and I think that the book was, uh, I wanted it to be very comprehensive. So I'm curious of what, in terms of like the future, how do you see like beauty, beauty standards? Because to me, when I think of beauty standards now, it's more like in the eye of the beholder, right? Mm -hmm. And also how you carry yourself and how you know you exactly. love yourself, express yourself. So it's so it could mean so many different things for everybody. But pop right. culture really carries beauty, right? It really True. Right. whatever the beauty standards are. So how what do you think about what's going to happen in the future? Can you foresee yeah. something that you or something you'd like to see? I mean, you just said it. Beauty is in the eye of the beholder but you are that beholder, I am that beholder, and we're redefining or defining our own beauty. Mm -hmm. We don't need someone else to come and acknowledge us or to see us. 
right? My entire life as a Korean person living in a non-Asian space, I've always felt so invisible. Like mm. I got into journalism because I saw Su Chin Pak. And I was like, oh my gosh, there's <laughs> yes. a Korean and I want to be like her. Right. And my entire career has been about uplifting Korean Americans, yeah. right? I was the first journalist to write about K-pop. Let's I go. Put, uh, Girls' Generation on the cover of the New York Daily News. And you know, the Wonder Girls to JYP, like I was Love doing it. that before it became popular yes. and I had to fight tooth and nail for mm. representation. And every job I went to, it was always the same. Mm. I wanted people to know who we mm. are. That's why I became a journalist. You know, I wanted to show and and share our stories and define us that we are powerful, that we're here, that we're loud, that we're not submissive, that we're fierce. And we still have a lot of work to do, but I do think that Gen Z is carrying that and, and I see mm -hmm. that. And it's interesting because when you talk about like how you wanted to bring light to Korean culture, mm -hmm. but I see this other culture, which is Korean American culture that needs its own space. Exactly. Because there's a difference between Korean culture and Korean American yes. culture. And there's a lot of people who are like, well, you have K-dramas on Netflix. Why do we need to yeah. represent you? <laughs> well, um, Korean people, we're not Korean. We yeah. have different experiences as Koreans. Yeah. We're American. We're part of- We still of watch some shits with subtitles, yeah. too. Yeah, right. yeah, come on. Exactly. <laughs> and yeah. I think that Americans, it's so xenophobic to say, oh, you already have Korean culture or K-pop. It's like, um, we're American. Mm -hmm. America mm -hmm. looks like this. Yeah. I'm American as apple pie, right? Right, right. Let's go. Yeah. Um, it's, it's hard to define. I'm not going to lie. I feel, I find it, it is difficult to define Asian America. It's, it's something more newer to me. Right. It's because the AAPI community is so diverse, right? Mm -hmm, and right. so this terminology was created in the 60s mm -hmm. to lump us kind of all together right. when we're all so different. Mm -hmm. And so I can't really speak about Asian Americans as a whole, but I can say that Korean Americans, I do think that we have our own culture. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and yeah. we're definitely writing our history yeah. far as who are the pioneers and trailblazers of us, you know? Mm -hmm. um, Y'all are the pioneers. Yeah. Yes. I mean, you. <laughs> I, mean, I didn't want to say true. it. No, no, it's it's really, really true. I think that both of you as rappers, I've seen kind of the come up and the glow up and it's real. I'm so proud every time I see you, I, I really do get emotional because I'm like, oh my gosh, they're like doing it. You have known and us for quite a while since quite the beginning while, of the yeah. journey. Right, yeah. before Bad Rap, right? Yeah. I didn't even watch that, but I, I know that's amazing <laughs> and good. But I mean, just to be that representative of Asian males, come on. I mean, in a space that you were never invited to and still trailblazing, right. that to me, you are both part of that history, Korean American history. And my skin has significantly gotten better since we met. <laughs> I swear, I, I promise you, I had really bad skin. So back to your five step regimen, man. I just yes. want to know: can we can we break it down real quick? I mean, you know, the face wash, oh, God. Um, one, and then the toner, two, the serum, three, and then the moisturizer four. to seal it all in. You know, wow, that's all I do. You, okay. you Sometimes really do? I'll stumble in drunk, and yes, I get to it. I still get to it. I, <laughs> for you know, real. Yeah, you know, sometimes you just crash in the yeah, bed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I need to send y'all the good light beauty products because we yeah. just launched last year, but I'm going to send everyone. Please. I'm so down to try that. Vegan, clean, <gasps> sustainable packaging. We have yes. the world's first sustainable pump because usually pumps have a metal spring, yeah. but ours is the world's first patented, fully recyclable pump. And um, I mean, we thought about everything, soy ink to, you know, the sustainability of it all. But I would love for you to try our products. We just won the Self Magazine Best uh, Toner of the Year award. Oh, my God. Let's fucking go. Toner? I need toner. The, the yes. BT yes. award? Toner wow. I'll be the judge of that. I will be the judge. All right.
Um, I want to actually talk to you. And he pats it on. Yeah, like, he's dude. like, Ooh, like I go in. I learned a couple of things. You know, you're supposed to wash upwards. You know, wait, that wait, one. What's the importance of washing because upwards? Because gravity, bro. Right, relax, bro. Don't Okay, first of all, don't uh, talk to me that right avocado there. color? Oh, I yeah. just wondered. Um, <laughs> I want to talk to you, Rick, because we talk about this a lot. You get yeah. very insecure sometimes about uh, all right. <laughs> no, all right. no, 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 no. Not about, yeah, like yeah. Your, your clothing choices. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like just what, my presentation. You always ask a lot of, you know, you yeah. ask for advice a lot. Yeah, and like, confidentiality, yes. <laughs> but no, 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 go ahead. No, but I, I'm wondering if there's anything here that you wanted to kind of, you know, tackle or like... I think what he said earlier about when Steph was like, what's kind of like the regiments that we need to learn and how he said the mentality. Do you know what I mean? I the, just uh, Yeah, the source of even wanting to present yourself like that. Um, so that's, that's the root of it all. Yeah, I think yeah. so. I think growing up, uh, I'm speaking for my household, my family, just, you know, my, my father was, he's, he wasn't toxic masculine, but, you know, he never really... Namjanun, you know, exactly. men, you know, men should Man's be like supposed this. To do, yeah, men yeah. supposed to do this. You're not supposed to cry. You're not supposed to, you know, show any weakness. And I think starting from there, that's the source of the problem mm. with uh, uh, with men not being able to, you know, embrace their femininity, mm. or also finding that being soft or being weaker is actually a greater strength. But that's you know that's I mean? it's, that's the main point about redefining it. You that's know, a, when yeah, they say no, no. not supposed to look weak, like For we sure. re redefine that so and that you know doesn't represent weakness. You and know you know what's what I mean? crazy? Like the strongest, most like, you know, mask masculine father figures as they get older they become the softest mm -hmm. do you know what i mean like as they get older and the fatigue and the physical like it because it's tiring tired. bro yes. it's tiring <laughs> to look hard everyone knows this shit back in the day we tried <clears throat> so hard you yeah. know what i'm saying like, and then you know you, you you realize they're like they become the softest you know what i mean my father now like he cries over everything, you know, wow. if you read a Bible verse, you'd be like, Rick, you know, it's just like on boots until you put them shits on. You're you like, God, the, oh, God, God, it's like I'm floating on a cloud right now. Dope. Shit. So no, uh, definitely. I think more than learning the, the regiment of things, I, I really, my, my eyes were open today. Just the way you said about just switching the mentality. Mm -hmm. I, I actually want to ask you because I saw you post something with your dad. Mm -hmm. Like, what was it? He was like really proud or something. He was, <laughs> I was on Good Morning America and he was just like filming. Yeah, me. exactly. So I wanted to ask you about that because there is a lot of, um, you know, uh, the older generation of Korean men who are mm -hmm. like, oh, <laughs> men are supposed to be like this namja, mm -hmm. namjanin. Ellipsis. So I feel like what is what are his thoughts with everything that you're talking about now? You know, it's interesting because my dad wasn't a, I guess, typical Korean mm -hmm. father. He never said right he was just like oh yeah do your thing i mean he loves sports he loves golfing he's like very competitive at everything but he was never that oppressive ajashi who was like you have to be a certain way and that allowed me to express myself in the ways that i wanted to i think that he's been so proud of me he's never made me feel insecure about whatever mm. It is my mother, right? Because we don't talk about women when it comes That's... to masculinity. Women also are very oppressive in their yeah. thinking, Condition right? Wow. for sure, 100%. It's my mother who's like, you know, my dad's, you know, on on, on yeah. filming me. And my mom's kind of in the background. She's quiet. I'm like, like what's, what's yeah. wrong? Mm. She's like, I think you wore a little too much eye makeup. And she was a little kind of... Right. Uncomfortable Interesting. She's like, what's well, right. Chipsanim's gonna think and blah blah blah. Right. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, you know, 
<laughs> it's interesting in our family, my dad, you know, he didn't succumb to that hyper masculinity, but it's my mother who, you know, mothers have such a role with shaping their boys oh, too, yeah. right? right? Right. Mothers are like, wait, why are you doing that? Or women too. They're like, I don't want my man to be this way, right? right. Yeah. So women also have Absolutely. a big role to play when it comes to shaping masculinity mm -hmm. and True. also being victims to this gender binary system. Oh, absolutely. Yes. That's great. I mean, you know, I feel like parents got to take note because like sure. the common theme has been as we've had guests on here, all the supportive parents. Like right. mm -hmm. a lot of these uh, kids and artists have just really supportive parents. Yeah. And look at them wow. now, you know, it's really successful careers. Not to say this as justification, but one thing that's interesting is as immigrant parents, when they moved to America, they didn't really have a blueprint to follow, you know? And a lot of the Korean parents, like my parents' uh, friends, they all came to America and then there was like this unspoken competition of like how my kids are, you know, what school they're going to go to, what church you're going to find, you know, like everything. They didn't have the uh, ability or the freedom to even think about redefining masculinity. They were... They, they work all day. They're yeah, tired. True, they, go to, they go to these headshakes, these business meetings, and they see other toxic masculine men around them, you know, beating their kids, getting drunk. Like, mm -hmm. they're so stressed, you know? I think that's 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 a good, really good point. I feel <clears> like th this generation, the ease of all the technological advancements yeah. and how we work and taking time for ourselves has yeah. allowed us to think about these things. This and actually affected faith and religion as well, too, because the church was the breeding ground for comparisons, bro. It was a it was a breeding ground of just like oh what's the status of our family you know mm -hmm. there was this interesting uh thing that i read or, or i saw recently it was like some guy got tattoos under their under their arms tattoos are permanent you know mm -hmm. but the parents would be more upset at bleached hair right. because when you know when you go to church they could see that you mm -hmm. know it's about the appearance it's about the presentation of the family more than the internal you know the more permanent things so there is that very like um you know how they say in Korea, like, uh, they'll buy the S500 Benz but live inside of a, yeah, a yep, apartment. Yep. Like, it's more about the front. It's, it's more about the first impression, <laughs> you know? And I feel like that somehow it it, it uh, goes into the masculinity as well because we find our strength from hiding. We find mm -hmm. our strength from kind of like, uh, you know, concealing the truth and appearing as so, you know? So, and, and I think that's why there's a lot of domestic abuse and violence in Korean uh, families as well because... They don't, men don't have that. They never learn or take the time to really express themselves and or kind of, you know, it, ha, yeah, they suppress it. And yeah. then the volcano effect happens. Yep. And then that trickles down to the next generation because we're watching our parents fight physically, you know, and it, it just, it fucks up everything. That's you know true. what I'm saying? That and that's what we learn. that cycle. But going back to what you said, like what privilege, how privileged are we to even think about, oh, what is masculinity? And let me talk about self-care because our immigrant parents, mm. they didn't have the luxuries to go to college yeah. or to have these, you know, conversations. Exactly. And I think that we need to have a little more grace when it comes to our parents. It's like all <clears throat> they wanted to do was survive in yep. this cruel world that was xenophobic, that created systems that were not for immigrants. Right. But they survived. And, you know, all they cared about were their children. And so that gives me compassion too when sometimes I get into like uh, arguments with my parents. I'm like, mm -hmm. why don't you understand? And I'm like, it goes back to that. Like, mm -hmm. how what, how privileged am I to have gone 100%. to USC, to have gotten a degree, to have a four-step skin regimen? How yes, the exactly. audacity. Dig it. was like, back Yo, then, just water. I had a bottle of carry lotion, and that was it, bro. You know what I mean? That's all it was. Oh, Lord. And then also, if you look at the generation prior to our fathers, like, 
they come from the military like you know they don't have the dads you know mm -hmm. and they come from like that hatred like that war was still fresh yeah. you know so there was a lot of that innate anger bitterness and just that hatred you know and, and that, that just trickles down it, of course 100 percent. and then you subconsciously pass that down to the next generation right. too mm -hmm. um i just ordered pretty boys right now on amazon wow. it arrives tomorrow nice. yeah we should Thank write a book so called Petty Boys. Yeah, Petty Boys. Yeah. Let's yes. <laughs> um, yeah, so please subscribe. Throw some donos out here because this has been uh, very, probably one of our most enlightening podcasts. I love that. So yeah. You're very inspiring. What? Really? Just knowledgeable. Yeah. <laughs> As everything, like just like how woke you are, how much you have a knowledge of information. You're very articulate. Thank you. Thank and you. I feel like you're a great representative to the Asian you know, Asian male perspective. Like, is this like a before Asian and after Americans. picture when you see us, like him and I? <laughs> like, I'm like, he's not that woke and not very not kept, well kept. This is what he could be. He could. <laughs> this is what he could be right here. Also from like an entrepreneurial standpoint too, I think. Yeah, yeah, we didn't, you know, yeah, uh, congrats you. on your company, yeah. just the launch so of a beauty, pro, a beauty brand. Well, and one thing I did notice is the, um, the launches like commercial for it that you put on your Instagram was mm -hmm. so well done. Fire. Oh, wow, thank really you so well much. done. I hadn't seen anything like that before. Well, so. maybe we can create a theme song called Good Light and it'll just like come on. Good Light? We'll make a song well, called let's Good talk. Light. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. no, not Joe. Thank and you for the song. It'll be TikTok famous. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And finally, Gen Z will love us. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's the plan. <laughs> no. um, thank you, everybody. Tune into Twitch. David, um, is there anything else that people can, uh, I mean, right now, this is you're just promoting the book, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, where do they find you? you uh, Goodlight.world. If you want to look, learn more about the product, they mm -hmm. can find the book at their local bookstore, support local bookstores um, on my socials, which are socialite. It hasn't changed. Um, but I just want to say I'm so honored to be in all of y'all's presence. And I, I feel less alone. I mean, I don't want to extend this too long. But when I think about young David at five years old, I, I don't think that I could have even imagined this moment where Asians could stand alongside mm. me. Yeah. And I feel so less alone. I've always felt so alone growing up. Mm. But in this moment in time, 2021, I feel so empowered because we have people like you. Mm. And I, that young David, I, I feel like this is his wildest dreams come true to just feel empowered. I appreciate that. You're going to win a lot of awards, so you could save that for those awards. <laughs> this is just a fun one, dumb podcast. <laughs> I assure you, you're wasting that speech on this show. Um, no, that's that's beautiful. Thank, Thank you, you so much. And you know what? When I met you too, I already knew you were so outgoing yeah. that you were gonna do something oh, like like this, like real talk for sure, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. And you know, my whole group chat says we're doppelgangers all the time. <laughs> yeah. Stop, please, yo, stop complimenting yourself like that. I know. When did I start <laughs> claiming it? Like, oh, you know, I'm a doppelganger now. Yeah. Yeah. People say I look like David. <laughs> in very good light, I look like him. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in. Uh, I'll see you guys next week for a brand new episode of Fun With Dumb. Peace. Thank you, man.